This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Happy Friday, homies. Welcome to the NBA Hoops at Lunch show here on the Outkick Bets podcast feed. It's your host, Jeff Clark, and I brought in an old friend to help me break down the eight-game NBA slate, and that's the homie, David Troy. What up, Dave? Hey, how's it going, everybody? I am not doing so well. I went one and two yesterday, ending my three-day winning streak. Still at eight and four for the week. Still at 36 and 32 since starting the NBA Hoops at Lunch show. So it's not all bad, but a little disappointed about yesterday's performance, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, the NBA has been kicking a lot of people's ass this year. It's It's been wildly unpredictable. Um, you know, any given night, somebody can have a 20-point lead and then blow it. I mean, even last night, Indiana blew a, blew the game to the Lakers. Dallas had a 27-point lead. Luka goes down. They had to, like, ice the game with free throws at the very end. It was a one-possession game with seven seconds left, so... It's it's pretty wild out there, man. Um, I was three and one yesterday. Uh, I was on the Lakers actually. They were my my last pick, and uh, good old Pat Bev missed both free throws. But I even tweeted this out: the Lakers didn't deserve to cover that game or win it. So, I mean, I wasn't like overly pissed about it. And at this point, I just kind of have come to expect that I'm, you know, some shit's gonna happen. So you're running bad and scarred by it, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know. Okay, this is the new way to lose today. All right, that's fine. But. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, what was I going to say? Well, I went one and two yesterday. I'm actually having more success live betting, and I'm tweeting out my live bets. So mm-hmm. follow me at Jeffrey underscore Clark. Um, I think I'm, I hit my last five live bets. I jumped in on the Nuggets when they were down eight, and I got it at a minus 135 money line. If you waited like three more minutes, you would have gotten even money because I think the I think the Warriors got up to like 12 there, but then at that point, then the Nuggets just like smacked the Warriors and yeah, you went in at halftime. You made it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like 70, 69. Yeah. Something crazy like that. Is that what that, that was the exact score. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean you were talking about it on, on Twitter though, how that's usually the game that the Nuggets lose. Yeah, it is. They, I mean, the last like two years, definitely last year, I can remember very specifically any time they played anybody who was crappy or you know like benching players or something. And in fairness, Golden State played most of their team yesterday, if not everybody. I don't remember, but yeah, Clay that's usually was the one only of those guy that sad. I think. Yeah, that's usually one of those games that they're just like, ah, eh, whatever. We don't really care. Um, they had multiple games like that against the Clippers. I can remember, uh, and I think trailblazers last year, but they, they seem to have kind of turned a corner and look like they're the real deal this year. Uh, I still wouldn't bet them to win the championship, but 
Yeah, I'm kind of of the thinking that they're they're maybe fraudulent isn't the right word isn't the right word, but like outside of outside of the Warriors, like most teams need a, a all NBA caliber wing to I think take the next step, and that and Aaron Gordon does not check that box for the the Nuggets. You can make an argument Michael Porter could one day, but like he doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't do enough ISO scoring for me to be like, I don't see him going head to head with like a Giannis, with a KD, with a Kawhi. So that's kind of my, I guess, hesitation with, with backing the, uh, which we call it the nuggets. Yeah. He's wildly inconsistent. Um, he's really talented, but obviously he's been injured as well. Um, you know, I think to your point about the, the all NBA kind of wing caliber player, um, last year Wiggins in the playoffs and the finals was easily the second best player on the Warriors. It might have even been the second best player in the finals behind Curry. Um, you know, Brown and Tatum were good, but not good enough, obviously. So, I, I mean, he's... Wiggins really stepped up last year and, and made a difference. So, you know, your, your point's really valid. No, and that's a that's actually a good counter as well because if you look at the Warriors championship teams, obviously Durant is an all-time wing. Harrison Barnes did a lot of dirty work in the original, the first Warriors title team, 3 and D guy and guarded yep. the other guy's wings and did so well enough for them to win a title, right? And then Wiggins is pretty much like, or was the 2021, 2022 version of Harrison Barnes, but a better ISO score, actually probably better at everything, except for maybe three-point shooting. I, I'd prefer Harrison Barnes take a wide open three than Wiggins, but otherwise I would take Wiggins as the player, as like the asset. So even though the Warriors haven't had one of those elite wings, they've at least had an answer for those. And then you obviously have Andre Godala coming off the bench, not last year, but in, in previous years. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like they're completely empty there. Um, but, anyways, let's let's get into the Friday slate. We're kind of beating around the bush here. It's <laughs> honestly a pretty shitty slate. There's only one game um, featuring two teams above 500. That's the Phoenix Suns and the Boston Celtics, and the Celtics are nine point favorites because. The Phoenix Suns are still without a bunch of guards, prominently Devin Booker. But we're just going to go through all eight games here. And if we don't have anything on these games, then we can just pass. Um, the first one, Portland Trailblazers. There's three 7 o'clock tip-offs, too. That's a bit random. It feels like the NBA mailed it in this Friday, but Portland at... It, oh. I was going to just say, they've had really weird scheduling. Some some weeks, it's like everybody plays on Friday, and then there's like one game or two games on Thursday. This, you know, yesterday, there was a pretty big Thursday slate. It's It's been kind of all over the place for me in terms of like how they even did the scheduling. I don't remember as many of these like play the same team back-to-back um, in previous years either. Like, I don't remember. I mean, that is a new I feel thing like every team started is doing, doing it. it. Yeah, it's... It, it, I don't like it either. This isn't baseball. Like, play some different teams, move them around. I mean, whatever. I do not hate this take. I don't. <laughs> I don't really. I haven't thought about it, but I like it because most people seem to also like the 
the the the baseball series style. So I like that you're zagging on that. No, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You know what? I'm on your side. Fuck that shit. Appreciate um, it. <laughs> all right, first game: Portland Trailblazers at the Washington Wizards. I didn't think there was any effing chance Jeremy Grant would play in this game because he um, left after the first half of Portland's upset win over Memphis, which we were on the right side of. Hit the money line as well in that one. He left after the first half with a concussion. It's just like I didn't think there was any chance an NBA player would get a concussion and then a play in the ne- in the next game, but. They announced that he's available. That's why this line went from Wizards minus four down to the current price of minus three. I still lean to the Wizards because um, they've been playing really, really well last uh, lately. And like the Trailblazers n- need Damian Lillard to just go berserk for them to 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 win these games. He's averaging forty two over the last like five games though so he has been going berserk and the reason why I'm not going to bet the Wizards is because I love Dame Time and he scares the shit out of me right now like he might he might go for 50 in Washington to carry them past his team so I'm staying away but do you have any thoughts on this game yeah not really um it's important to note while Grant is in Nurkic is out so you know they don't have their starting center not that he's like the best big man in the world or something, but that does open up some potential for somebody like Porzingis to get a bunch of points or Gafford to maybe grab a few more rebounds in my opinion. Um, so if you're looking at player props, I would look at those guys. I think the market's a little high in terms of the juice. I, I generally try to avoid anything at 130 or higher um, on player props and stuff just because, you know, literally one free throw could make or break your night. Um but Porzingis is at 22 and a half. And I do think he probably goes over that in tonight's game, but it's at minus minus one thirty, So I, I probably will stay off it, but that was like the initial look I had was Nurkic is going to be out. Porzingis should be able to get to the basket a little bit more. The only question is, is you never know when Porzingis just decides that he's going to do nothing but jack up threes. And uh, this is also the first game home for them, which uh, isn't always a great spot for the wizards. I've looked into that a little bit today. Um, They've been a really good first half team. Portland is usually not as good of a first half team. If this was the second time or second game home, I'd probably be all over the Wizards. You're right; they've been playing a lot better lately. But um, I, I think I'm going to just stay off of it altogether because I think there are too many question marks here. Yeah, uh, we're on the same page of this one. I will say the Wizards are two and zero this year when they're playing on three days rest. So. But to your point, the first game back from a four-game road swing, and I think they had – it was a four-game road swing, home game, and then two on the road. So they've they've done a lot of traveling recently. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go on to the next game. Kings at the Pacers. Kings are favored three and a half. Um, I'm going to play the Pacers here. Halliburton – or excuse me, the Pacers lost last night, as we already talked about, to the Lakers. I think it was 112 to 111. Halliburton made his return after I think a 10 game absence. So it would make sense that the Pacers could set him tonight. That's definitely the concern here. If you're thinking about following me on this one, um, I would wait until closer to tip off before betting it. Um, because if Halliburton doesn't play, then you're going to get a better number than the current price of a three and a half. 
or if Alaburton doesn't play and you're like, F that, I'm not I'm not betting the Pacers now. I totally understand that, but I got to lock in a play here and I'm going to lock in the Pacers plus three and a half because these two teams have, I don't know if it's a history, but DeMontis Sabonis was traded for Buddy Heald and, and Halliburton last year at the trade deadline. He's been phenomenal and made an all-star game for the Kings, but you know that Heald is gonna wanna is gonna wanna show out for the uh against the Kings. And I think if there's any chance I think there's a decent chance Halliburton plays because um of the of the, the shitty loss the Pacers took last night and then the twenty three twenty three point beatdown the Pacers suffered to the Kings over this year. I don't think he's gonna wanna lose or see his team lose twice to his former employer um in a season, but I I am nervous about his him not playing. Um, the other reason, though, David, that I'm in on the Pacers is because the Kings, while they won and covered against the Spurs um, in their previous game, a game that we bet, they got very fortunate to do so, and they got pulled out of shit by De'Aaron Fox. Now, De'Aaron Fox isn't going to be in this game, so that kind of offsets the possible Halliburton loss. If Halliburton ends up playing in this game, it's probably going to close Pacers plus two. So I'm going to take the Pacers because the Kings are a terrible defense. And if both are missing their star point guards, then that's a wash. But I just like the Pacers to be able to bounce back from a terrible loss that they took last night. Thoughts? So so my initial writing for this in terms of like the notes that I did in my process, I had Pacers plus three as well. Um, I don't value the Kings without Fox. And I sure as hell don't value the Pacers without Halliburton. I'm not going to be betting on it until I confirm. And if that means that I lose a point, then I lose a point, but I won't back the Pacers unless Halliburton is in it. Uh, I think he's just too important for their team. He's too good. Not that they don't have good, good enough talent or whatever, but the offense just looks better with him out there. They play a different type of game with him out there. So I am kind of staying off of this, I guess, for now until I hear about Halliburton. If he's if he plays and I can get it at three still, I'll play. If it's at two, I probably will still play it. Um, but here's the thing. Like, you know, the Pacers lost by 23, like you said, and that spread closed at, minus four and a half for the Kings at home. Now it's coming down to about minus three for the Kings on the road after they had that blowout. So that kind of just shows like that's, that's kind of a fair value, I think, in my opinion to, for, for the, um, for kind of what the books are thinking on this one. Uh, Cause otherwise, you know, if, if they expected the Kings to just kind of be that much better of a team, even without Fox, you probably would see the line be six for the Kings or something like that. Um, on the road, but I I don't know. I I can't, I can't support the Kings without Fox. I just can't do it. Uh, I think they probably have the better team. You, you have that kind of like revenge angle from both sides. Sabonis can want to go off against the Pacers. Heald could want to go off against the Kings. So he did a really terrible job of that in the first one. In in the first game, he scored 17 points. He was three for eight from threes. Um, I mean, look at Halliburton. Halliburton yeah, was terrible. Yeah, he, he did even worse. One for six from three, four for 13 from the field, nine points, 10 assists. 
Um, so, you know, to me, I, I don't know. I, I think you shouldn't be taking or you shouldn't be laying points with the Kings on the road without De'Aaron Fox. That's just what it comes down to here for me. But I, I have to wait until Halliburton's in before I, I even decide to get involved. So that would be my only advice to anybody. Yeah, I just feel like the minus three and a half for the Kings is still relatively cheap considering the Pacers are one and nine straight up and two mm-hmm. and eight against the spread over the last 10 games. Yeah. You know, like it, like these two teams are heading in different directions currently, granted. Um, but Fox, especially down the stretch in games, is really the key to the Kings' success. Oh, yeah. Clutch time, yeah. So I actually, while Halliburton's an all-star and De'Aaron Fox got snubbed, I I have more faith in the Pacers in this spot without Halliburton than the Kings without Fox, I guess. Even on the back-to-back? Even on the back-to-back. I mean, dude, you, you noted up, up top with the Lakers and how fraudulent that win was. They mm-hmm. they had 31 free throws to six. Like, that's got to piss this team off, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't care, but I don't know. Like, I feel like the league kind of owes them one, right? <laughs> and and they're going to get some calls at home in this game. And, um, again, like, Sacramento's defense is terrible. Both teams play at a fast pace, but, like, Indiana's transition fast break offense is a lot more efficient. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you wanted to go for, like, a wild card prop today, I would say that I I would expect – someone from the Pacers to score the first basket. And I don't do these often, but I do at least look into them a little bit. And my, my initial first thought was that it's going to be healed shooting a three and hitting a three to, to start the, the game, which if you went with like the exact first field goal of a Pacers three is plus 500 and healed to make the first field goal is plus 650. So if you feel like going for some sort of lottery thing today, that would be my recommendation on that one. That's awesome. What a look. Yeah, I don't I doubt it'll happen, but hey, you know what? It's something. All right. Next game, unless you have any other thoughts on that. No, no. Hornets Pistons. Not very sexy. Um, it's a coin flip game, minus one ten each way. Totals two forty. I try to talk myself into the Pistons, expecting the Hornets to be resting a bunch of players in the second of a back to back. And that hasn't been confirmed. In fact, Ubre is sitting, and Martin is sitting. But I think Lamelo and and Rozier are going to play. So, yeah, I do think the Pistons, um, them as a favorite here. I kind of I kind of like just because the Hornets are so bad. But I couldn't get to the window on either side of this one. If I'm being honest, do you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, actually, I have one. Uh, I have a look in this one. I, I think that 240 is too many points, so I recommend the under on this one. Um, and I'm saying recommend it because I haven't actually put in any bets yet today. Um, I've been just kind of doing my, my research on it, and you know, a lot of this also comes down to seeing who's going to be in, reading some other reports, things like that, checking out with uh, some of the beat writers and all that stuff. But uh, 240 points is a ton for both of these teams to get to. It's not that it would be impossible or something. I mean, they both are terrible at defense, so 
um, they tend to give up points and you know the last last game that they had in overtime went to 275 points so you're talking about a 35 point <laughs> uh, margin that, there that skews the numbers yeah but uh i do think that like even yesterday you know i had the bulls and hornets under hornets didn't even get 100 points and it's not like the bulls are amazing on defense or something uh but I just think it's a little too high. I think it should probably be closer to 237, maybe 236. I don't, I don't know, somewhere around there. So I think we got a couple baskets to play with. So I, I will probably be on the under tonight at uh, or 240. Um, neither one of these teams are that great at scoring either. And uh, I know Steve Clifford wants them to be better at defense, on, at least on Charlotte's side. Detroit at home does tend to give up a lot of points. Um and play better and everything they've been off for a while so they could come out rusty to start the game it's kind of my hope here too so i, I think there's just more things pointing to the under than there are the over so i i would say this and you know somebody that i respect a lot always talks about with unders you know they're not sexy picks and stuff but you're winning them until you're not whereas the over you're losing until you until you're winning yeah that's how i feel about it. i've said that about yeah. unders too <laughs> yeah so um, that that would be my way to play on this one. And another just quick thing to mention, Miles Plumley. I'm not sure this is the best game for him, but for everybody out there, Miles Plumley is uh, Mason. Wait, Miles Mason, sorry, yeah, uh, Mason Plumley is a good look for points lately. Uh, him with ball has been uh, significantly better than without him. I think he's averaging like four or five more points when LaMelo plays than when he doesn't. So something to consider. He's at uh, 14 and a half today. I don't know that I would go after it necessarily because I do think uh, Jalen Duren's a pretty solid defender and center overall. But um, somebody to at least keep an eye out for for specific matchups. Even last night, um, he was one of the guys I had on my card, but his, his juice got way too high on on it and it was over 13 and a half points and that hit fairly easily. So a couple things to look at there. Uh, my brother actually has him on his fantasy team and he's always talking about how Mason Plumlee is balling out. Um, I wouldn't hate a look at his player, his points, rebounds and assists, which is currently 28 and a half pretty high considering like Mason Plumlee is definitely not a household name and it's juice mm-hmm. minus 125 to the over. But his last two games, uh, he put up 16 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. So that goes over 14, 14, and 5. He went the, a game before that, 10, 8, and 1. So he went under there. But um, 21, 12, and 4 a game prior. So he's been putting up some pretty big box score numbers. Um, I don't hate that look at all. But, yeah, to your point, Jalen Duren is a pretty good big for for the uh, for the Detroit Pistons. All right. Yeah. I know you have a look in the next game, too. The I think it's a primetime game. Phoenix Suns at the Celtics. Celtics minus nine. Total is 220.5. Um, I'm staying away because I really choke betting both of these teams. Boston, I can't get on the right side of these guys regardless of how I bet them. So I'm – pretty much punning on betting them until the postseason. What are you what are you thinking for this game? 
Yeah, to me, uh, I think the best look in it is uh, Boston first half again. So I played this one the other day, and Boston was out to a 30-point lead after like one quarter. Um, they were absolutely just destroyed the Nets. So Boston's at home where they play very well. Phoenix is away where they do not play well. So that's just the start of it right there. Um, injuries have obviously decimated Phoenix, but they're also traveling across country for the first game. We saw this happen last year too, and they got blown out in the first game where they traveled across country. Um, and it's, I mean, it's largely the same team. You're only, you just don't have Devin Booker in this one, which makes it even worse in my opinion. Um, so those are, you know, those are just some of the things that I, I've been thinking about here. Um, but it, yeah, I, I have to take Boston in the first half at the very least. Maybe the first quarter is a good look too, if you want to. Um, I have personally been trying to lay off the idea of like betting two or three times in the same game. Cause I just haven't found as much success with it this year as I have last year. There's been spots where I've tried to take it. Some have been successful. Some haven't, but what do you mean? Um, like first quarter, first half and full game? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So for example, I had that with the Grizzlies the other day, uh, against the Pacers. Pacers are the worst team in the league in the first quarter came out and they, we're smoking the Grizzlies. And I even tweeted it out. I was like, you know, the, the Grizzlies are still going to win this game. And I took them as a live bet too, because I was like, it, it's not that they're su- they're a worse team. They just suck right now. They're not trying. And they ended up coming back and winning and covering. And it was very similar to the Martin Luther King day game that they had against uh, Phoenix. But um, in any case, you know, this game for, the Celtics is one where I think they're going to come out first half. They'll get their job done that they need to. It's minus five. They're going to come out, beat Phoenix. Then they have Saturday and Sunday off. Then they have a game against Detroit on Monday, and then they're back at home. So um, I, I just think this is a good opportunity to take the Celtics at minus five in the first half. Uh, yeah, again, I don't hate it. It's just a matter of I – I whiff betting both teams. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would I would actually, if anything, I would look to the over. Um, just because I'm, I'm feeling like a hot shooting night from Boston. <laughs> really that mm-hmm. simple. I, think, I, I do think they get a little hot and, and Phoenix will have to pick up the pace to try to keep up with them. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking this game probably finishes like – Boston 121, Phoenix like 108, something like that. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like a uh, shooting from the hip analysis right there because I really don't have much else on this game. Well, this this game opened at 229 and is down to 220. Is that what what it's at right now? 220 and a half currently. Yeah, so I mean – if you were going to take the under, you already lost 10 points of value there. So there'd be a perfect middle opportunity if, if I've ever seen one. Um, wow. Yeah. I might, I might be a little bit of the buyback there. Yeah. I, I think it's probably worth it. That that's a, I think that's a better look. I mean, I'm not really sure why, other than the fact that when Phoenix in past years has kind of or in past, you know, games has traveled, to the East coast, they just really haven't been very good on that first game. So I don't know if it's a body clock adjustment or whatever, but you know, for this game, this game starts at what time? Seven thirty Eastern. So that's going to be five thirty 
no, 4.30 Western, right? No. Yeah, 4.30 West, West Coast, right? Um, one. No, it's, yeah, yeah, 4.40 West Coast, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of a weird time to be playing a basketball game, so really wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Boston also wins this full game, um, covers, and Phoenix, you know, kind of struggles to score. The the uh, prop you were talking about for um, the over, though, I, I think I'd probably prefer to take Boston in the first half uh, for their team total over as well. It's at 56 and a half right now. They, at home, they're, for most of the season, they've been averaging over 60 points per game in the first half. Um, the only thing that would really slow it down is if the, the Suns' pace really dictates it because – the Suns are not going to want to get out and run with the Celtics. The Celtics, you know, that's what they want to do. They want to get out and score and, and uh, get moving. But first half points per game at home on the season, Boston averages 61 and a half points. And they've been there for a while. They're comfortable. They're averaging 60.6 overall on the season, 62.3 over the past three. I might, you know, I might be on, on this. I might be talking myself into it. Over 56 and a half points in the first half for them. For Boston? Yeah. I don't hate it. People helping people here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, Boston is 18 and 8 to the over at home. And the the Suns are 15 and or 14 and 11 to the over on the road. Non-conference games. I'm talking or I'm pulling this data as, as I speak here. Phoenix is... Seven and twelve to the under, Boston's ten and ten, um, so not much to be gained there, huh? But yeah, nine points is is a is a dramatic drop. Yeah, that's that's one of the bigger ones I've seen all year. And I have to fade that line movement, I think, because that that drop isn't based on new information. Devin Booker was never playing. Cameron right. Payne doesn't matter that much. Landry Shamit doesn't matter that much. Marcus Smart not playing. It was a baked into the original number, and if anything, helps Phoenix's offense, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I just talked myself into taking the over in this game, and I don't feel like writing about it, so it's just a podcast play. <laughs> 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 Which I am tracking, and I will keep uh, in my record. So, ah. I don't, I don't. You. I don't write enough. I got. I got. I got. I got. I got to include it in my handicap. I think. Either way, official podcast play. I'm going over this game, and it's mostly based on a hunch and just that line movement's too crazy. It did. The look ahead was 229. It's down to 220 and a half. Based on what? Right. I I'm rolling with the public here. According to pregame.com, nearly 60 percent of the money is on the over. Uh, the bets on the over, and whereas. Over three fourths of the money is on the under. So, and apparently the pros are going under the total, and the Joes are being like, "Oh man, that's too low." But I think the Joes are onto something here because it opened at two twenty nine. Well, it, it's hard in a situation like this. You know, I use pregame as well to at least kind of get a feel for where things are at and money and stuff. I use some other ones as well, but um. You know, you're also taking in consideration. So it, I'm looking at it right now. It says 76% of the cash is on the under. Yeah. But that also drove it from 229 to 220. So now 
it's at a point where like if you start seeing throughout the day that the money starts to maybe balance a little bit then i'm going to start thinking some of these people started buying back in but that that's what probably drove part of the money oh. part of the line going down every person that took 229 is taking yeah. over 220 and a half every yeah. single one of them you have to right yeah. i mean yep. a seven hold on I don't, i'm gonna look dumb an eight and a half point middle that's that's yeah. a big that's a big number yeah great i didn't want to talk about every game it was your idea <laughs> and you helped me so i appreciate it all you know, right it's, sometimes it's easier to talk about them all than 30, 30 minutes through and we're through four <laughs> games and they're all shitty games. Um, speaking of which, probably the, the lamest game on the card, the Philadelphia 76ers minus 10 and a half at the San Antonio Spurs. I hope you don't have a lot on this game because I have nothing. Yeah, you'll be happy 70, to know. I don't, I don't got anything other than maybe saying that it's uh, it's an under spot. I don't, 76ers just haven't been playing quite as... Uh, high totals lately so i i did look at the under in this one but that was about it it feels like philly's well rested oh god here we go here we go <laughs> hold on talk ten, yourself into it jeff ten and a half what are the what's the what's the public doing are are the public at all thinking this is too big no both the pros and all the money, all the tickets are on 76ers. They open at nine and a half point favorites. Now it's up to 10 and a half. How do they do against the number as major or as big time favorites? Let's, let's look at it right now. Hold on. We're going to figure this out in real time. Favorite and line. So three possessions is seven points. Let's just put it at three possessions. What do you think? Does that yeah, make sense? Fine. Sure. They are six and six against the spread, so nothing to be gained there. So again, as ten point favorites, five and two against the spread, they've covered five of the last six games. Um, they didn't cover as thirteen and a half point favorites against the San Antonio Spurs, October twenty second, which I think it no, it was their third. Each team's third game. Of the season, the Spurs started out two and one, and the Sixers started out zero and three. Oh God, well, who was yeah. in that game? Embiid played, Harden played, everyone played. They just put up a shitter. Oh no! So the uh, the one thing I would also point out about about this is if you're going to play the game, I would take San Antonio for sure with the points. I, I don't, I mean, I, I try to avoid backing teams like Houston, San Antonio, some of those, but in fairness, like if you did, you'd probably be pretty profitable this season. Um, 10, 10 points is a lot. Philadelphia just gave up, I think two games on the spread to Orlando when they were supposed to cover by nine on both of them. They didn't get either one of those games. If I recall correctly, they I know they lost it. one outright. They Did split they cover a, the other one? one and one straight up and against the spread. They lost the first one outright and against the spread, barely covered the second one. It was a ten point mar ten point spread. They won by eleven. Oh, okay, all right. Um, then I, I stand corrected. But uh, either way, Philadelphia. The the one thing I want to point out here is Philadelphia is traveling to Texas for the night, and then has to go back to New York to play New York on Sunday. 
Um, just something that is worth at least thinking about because it is a weird travel spot. You may not really care about this one. I don't know that Embiid will necessarily play. This is also a game where this is, I believe, San Antonio's last home game before leaving for a road trip. So it, it's got some weird kind of funky things um, that I, I'm not sure that I would support either team on. But in this particular case, I would say just if you're going to play it, it's probably right to take the points. And I do think the under is probably the correct play. And I may have talked myself into the under, actually, looking into this more. I think without Embiid, if he's questionable right now, I actually would lean to the over just because I think the the tempo picks up. Yeah, Yeah. I've seen that a couple of times where Embiid, I've been on the 76ers, Embiid would be ruled out after I placed a bet, and their offense just lighted up anyways. Yeah. So... Yeah, I would stay. Yeah, it's just a stay away from me. All right, keeping it in Texas, though. Raptors at the Rockets. Raptors are minus eight. Total is 225. I'm I'm just done with the Raptors. I made a lot of money off of them last year. I haven't lost a lot of money recently off of them. I just, everything that worked well for them last year isn't working well for them this year. And the Rockets are a team that I've bet maybe three times since the beginning of last year because I just have no interest watching them. I don't know if they're trying to win games. I don't know what their deal is. Sometimes I'll bet an over. Um, but this one isn't going to be one of those times, I don't think, unless you can talk me into it. Do you have anything on this game? Mm, the Rockets kind of killed me last this week because they – beat the thunder and i was on them um i i don't know i don't think the raptors deserve to be laying eight points on the road against really anyone right now the rockets do seem to be at least playing a little bit better um they're still going to be at home after this so like it's in the middle of a a home stand for them at least um actually they go on the road tomorrow and then they go back home but um I don't know, man. I I would I would say I just don't have a great look for this. But if you you had to pick, I'd say take the Rockets in the first half at home, where they've been the second most profitable team this season, behind the Knicks against the spread. They're missing both starting guards, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Jabari Smith. They've been missing them. It hasn't even mattered. So. I, I mean, it's and Eric Gordon's probably better than them, both of them right now. Oh, for sure, Eric Gordon's actually a good player. Yeah. I think they're asking too much for him. They've been wanting to trade him for years, but yeah, he's like in that middle range where he's too expensive and also not very like yeah. he's not very consistent health wise. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Then great. I don't have anything. We don't have to talk about the Raptors Rockets anymore. Next game, though, that I do have some action on Magic at the Timberwolves. Timberwolves minus four and a half right now. I'm gonna lay the four and a half. Um, I really like how the how the Timberwolves have been playing. And the Magic have been pretty good. They they beat Boston somewhat recently, I think like a week or two ago. So they're still like the darlings in the market. There's like this is a random thought, but there's like three people at the ringer that like the Orlando Magic, and I think they, the way they talk about the Magic kind of fucks up the market because the Magic really aren't that good 
right? I mean, there's a reason they had the number one pick last year. And I just like the way the Timberwolves are trending here. And I like Anthony Edwards. I also think he's just going to blister the magic because he's playing. He's a number one pick. He's playing the number one pick. And he got snubbed out of the all-star game. And that is kind of ridiculous. Um, I was looking, I was comparing him with the other people that I thought kind of he got snubbed for Paul George, Jaron Jackson, Laurie Markinen. I don't think either one of those players, uh, I don't think doesn't deserve to be in there. I was going to say Jaron Jackson, actually. I know Jaron Jackson gets all this love as a defensive player and he is a good defensive player, but his, his fouling issue really kind of sets Memphis back sometimes. He's not a particularly good rebounder. He only averages 6.7 rebounds per game, and Anthony Edwards averages six. And, like, he's one of their primary bigs. He also only plays 27 minutes per game because of the foul stuff, whereas Anthony Edwards has played, I think, every game, and he's averaging, like, 37 minutes per game. I just love the way Anthony Edwards plays and has been playing. And I think he's going to light up the magic today. And I talked to you about this on Twitter. Um, I think Rudy Gobert is going to give it a go. He missed last game. He's currently listed as questionable on the injury report. But I think he's going to give it a go. And I think his size and his presence really makes it difficult for an Orlando team that's pretty stacked at bigs and at centers. But, like, they're not going to do anything with him on the floor. Like, Wendell Carter... He's not like he's not good enough handling the ball or creating his own shot to really take advantage of Rudy Gobert. And like we talked about, I think like there's a chance maybe they have Paolo Bancaro play some five and try to get Nas or I uh, get Rudy Gobert off the floor. But I think like I really like Nas Reed. <laughs> that will bring in Nas Reed. And I just I don't know. This this feels like a spot to to fade the magic here. I think the magic shouldn't be only getting four and a half against team Timberwolves that are trending in the right direction. They're not tanking clearly, right? Like they have new ownership. They have new management. That's kind of got to prove that the Rudy Gobert trade was worth it. And I think Ed, Anthony Edwards balling out is their, like their salvation from that, I guess. So I'm going to lay the four and a half with the Timberwolves. Any thoughts? Uh, this one, it was one that I, I like. I, I'm not really sure that I – I definitely wouldn't take the magic, let me put it that way. Um, but the Timberwolves have screwed me over so many times this season. Like, they'll be winning big, and then all of a sudden they blow a big lead. Um, I think that the same thing happened the other day against the Kings. They were winning, I thought. I thought. And then they blew it in overtime, something like that. Um. Maybe not. I, I don't remember. But uh, my thought in this one is actually to take them in the first quarter. And it, it has more to do with uh, just them being at home and being comfortable. And the Magic don't always come out very hot. So that was really my only thought on this one. Um, I, this is another one, though, that I would also bring up like I did with the uh, Pacers-Kings. The Timberwolves are only four-and-a-half-point favorites, and they beat the Magic last time by 20 almost. It just seems like that's a short line for a matchup like this. You would figure that it should go up further. Um, yeah, but 
I don't know. It doesn't take that much di- um, fact digging to like or research to see why. Cronson Town scored 30 points in the first meeting, and Paolo Bancaro was out. Um, they were missing actually a bunch of players. So, like, it makes sense, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Minnesota was, was minus eight in that one. So, I guess. I guess you're probably right on the reasoning. Um, yeah, I mean, if you told me, if you just said which team do you think is better in this, I'd, I'd tell you Timberwolves 100 times out of 100, but I don't think I'm going to force the play on this one. If I'm wrong about it, good. Because so, they ha- they have been playing way better lately. You're absolutely right about that. So the Magic in that game were missing Cole Anthony, Paolo Bancaro, Mark Fultz, Gary Harris, and Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac is questionable, but like, those other three guys, three of those guys are starters, and Cole Anthony is like a sneaky, decent, important six man that mm-hmm. they really like. He's a rotation player for them. Yeah. So I hear you. That's the one thing where it's like, oh man, that does feel cheap. But then when you look at it, it's like, nah, it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, these are the teams that the Timberwolves have to beat, though. Like, yeah. you know, there are some teams that, like, you know, they win a championship or they get pretty far and they just stop caring about, like, the bottom-dwelling teams. The Timberwolves made it to the playoffs through the play-in game last year. Yeah. They, did, they didn't They did do shit. And they, they are losing to teams that they definitely should be beating. And, I, you know, it, it's been driving me nuts all year. Yeah, but they have looked pretty good um, yeah, recently. Yeah, lately. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They choked against the Rockets. Um, kept it close to the Nuggets though. Lost by one to Jet to the Jazz, which I don't think is a bad loss. This was ten games ago though. Um, in Orlando, I mean, they have nice wins on their on their in their recent performance, but I don't know. I I think I think I think Anthony Edwards sauces them up tonight, and I'm gonna take the lay the four and a half with the Timberwolves. Yeah, and I'd give just a heads up to looking at Minnesota's upcoming schedule. They're going to be in some good spots to fade fairly soon because they they don't have a very favorable schedule coming up. They play tonight. They're off Saturday. Then they play at home against the Nuggets. They're off Monday. Tuesday they play against Denver. Then they play Wednesday against Utah. So there's there's going to be some spots to fade them. This might be a good one for them to realize, like, oh, we need to grab this win. Right. Also, like Minnesota plays really aggressive defense, and the Magic turn the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like the Timberwolves are going to turn, force a lot of turnovers, and turn them into easy points the other way. And another thing that I've used to bet against the Magic is the fact that they are um, currently. Hold on, I think they're. They're fifth in defensive three point shooting, but they allow the second most wide open threes. So, hmm. like, we saw D'Angelo Russell get hot from three. Anthony Edwards can get hot really any night. He can score from all over the place. And, like, they they have one of the best effective field goal percentages the Timberwolves do because, like, they're lights out from inside the arc. So, I feel like if yeah. they're going to get wide open looks, like, their offense is going to look good tonight. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't talk you off it. All right, next game. This is my last of my – well, now I got four plays here, but the Atlanta Hawks at the Jazz. I'm going to take the Jazz minus 120, but uh, buyer beware on this one. I do 
I do whiff on Hawks games quite often here. And this feels like a spot that they're kind of begging for jazz money. I don't know if you think that as well. Um, but, and the pros are on the, the, the Hawks and the Joes are on the jazz here. I'm going to take the jazz though, because they're one of the better three point teams in the league. Um, they are plus 3.2 and made three point differential per game. They do a really good job of contesting them and they get open looks. The Hawks defensive shot quality is terrible. Like they don't really close out on shooters very well. And they take a lot of mid range jumpers. They also stand around, watch Trey young too much. And I think the jazz are going to be able to smack around a, a bad defense, a bad Atlanta defense. At least this is according to cleaningtheglass.com. The Jazz are eight and one straight up versus teams with a bottom ten defensive rating. They have a, a plus eleven point five net rating and a plus four point three spread differential in those games. So um, they're at home. Atlanta is typically a bad road team. Um, also, role players tend to perform much better at home, and mm-hmm. Utah is just much deeper than Atlanta. Their bench averages. Um, eight points per game more than Atlanta's bench. So I th- I'm thinking uh, Utah has a strong game at home and against an Atlanta defense, which is pretty terrible. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Jazz here minus 120 in the money line. What are your thoughts on this game, if at all? I think it's the right look. I mean, the Jazz started the season really hot and everybody was like, Oh, they're really undervalued in the market. Then they got kind of overvalued and they started losing and now they're kind of getting undervalued again. They probably should have been more of a favorite against the Raptors the other night. Um, and it was a fairly close game until pretty late, but they ended up pulling that one out. They're still gonna, you know, play here for another game after this. So this is their last game before, um, Monday when they have Dallas come in. So I I think you kind of have that going for you too. Atlanta has Denver tomorrow. So you got a lot of different looks here. My initial like thought on this was the first half is under a hundred or is 124 is the total. And I think that's too high. So my, my thought was taking the under and the first half of this game, the jazz might be fine. um, But I think it's going to, you know, it, most teams that come in there struggle a little bit to kind of get used to everything. And I would say that's probably a good look. Now, the whole game's total has increased um, over the day. I think it started at 240 and it's already at 242. Um, so maybe I'm wrong about this. I just, I feel like 124 is too high. I mean, all you need is like basically one shot or two shots to not go in. And you should be able to hit this. You're asking both teams to essentially score like 30 points each quarter or more. And while it's possible and while it, you know, it could happen any given night, I just think that's, a, that's kind of a lot to ask for both teams to do. It, it just seems a little too high um, on that one. So that was the first look I had, but uh, I want to want to throw this out to you. If, uh, if you will let me, so of course I will. we have we have the Timberwolves right tonight. If they they can cover, 
ideally you would think that Denver probably beats Atlanta tomorrow night, right? Then Den- Sunday they have... Atlanta beats Denver tomorrow night? No, 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 no. Denver beats Atlanta tomorrow. Yeah. And probably covers, depending on what the spread is. But, you know, Atlanta's going to be on a back-to-back. It'll probably be eight or nine, I would guess. Denver will probably cover that. Then they have to go to Minnesota. I would argue Minnesota's probably going to win that one. And then the... Um, so you're talking about three different plays that you could probably line up if you're into those ladder type things that you could probably take Minnesota tonight to cover the spread Denver tomorrow. And then I think you could probably get Minnesota probably with the points. And my guess is that Jokic probably won't even play on the 5th of February Sunday. So those are three plays in a row that I'm, I'm thinking we could probably, uh, so Atlanta's in the second of a back-to-back tomorrow against Denver. Denver's in the second of a back-to-back t- Sunday against the Timberwolves. Yep. You like the Timberwolves as is at minus four and a half against the Magic tonight. Yep. You're going to fade Atlanta in the second of a back-to-back tomorrow and then fade Denver. I don't hate those ideas, That those yeah. looks. So that could be three three of your legs or your, your ladder. I don't so. know what a ladder I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. So – there's there's this whole idea. Maybe it's a TikTok thing, but um, the idea is going. <laughs> I didn't know you were on TikTok. Oh, I'm everywhere, man. I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, wherever uh, the intel is, that's where yeah. that's where David is hanging out. Yeah, no, these are just stupid things that I'm sure my phone listens to me and is like, "Hey, you would like this content." Uh, but right. the idea of the ladder is basically like taking, say, a hundred bucks and trying to win 10, 10 bets in a row. It has been kind of the common theme, but um, if you win 14 bets that are minus 110, basically, you're going to win a million dollars if you win 14 in a row. Now, the chances of it happening, of winning 14 bets in a row, are like, I don't know, 0.0006% or something. It's tough. Yeah, but... I've never done it. No, I haven't either. I have. The most I got, I think, was actually in baseball, and I think it was 11 in a row this past year for OutKick. But I wasn't also I also wasn't racking up all the or rolling over all the total the, the yeah. winnings either, so it really didn't matter. Um, but that yeah, that's the concept: is you basically take 100 bucks and you say, well, if I lose 100 bucks on one bet, what's the difference between losing that on the tenth bet? And sure. most people just, you know, they don't have the, I personally probably wouldn't have the stones to be betting whatever 10 times winning would be. But um, if, if that's the type of thing you guys are into, that, that would be a, a nice look in my opinion. All right. Well, I'm going to just stick with the jazz minus minus one twenty <laughs> at home against the Hawks. I'm yeah, going to go with, here's my official podcast plays. They might be available in written form. At least three of them will. But I'm going to go minus 120 with the Jazz at home against the Hawks. I'm going to lay four and a half at home with the Timberwolves hosting the Orlando Magic. I am taking over 220 and a half in the Sun Celtics game. And I'm taking three and a half with the Pacers hosting the Sacramento Kings. I don't okay. feel great about any of those, to be honest. 
I actually, no? not really. And I'm going to make these bets. I, I literally never give out, I will never give out a play that I don't have some sort of action on. And knowing my crazy ass, I'm going to go full units on all of them. So we're riding, dude. I just, I feel strong about the Timberwolves. I do. I think the Timberwolves are going to beat the shit out of the Magic tonight. Pacers, if the, if Halliburton sits, I could see myself in the second quarter being like, you dumb mother effer. <laughs> 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 the Kings are up like like 42 to 20. Yeah. And it's like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, the Hawks, they always, like, one way or the other, find a way to screw me. And then, like, the Suns, with all their injuries, like, if they have, like, a 98-point game, it'd be like, yeah. Am I surprised? No. No, I'm not really surprised. So, But those are my four plays. What, do you have anything that you talked yourself into here? I know you had a bunch of leans. Do you yeah, want to give out I, one play for the listeners? Yeah, I would I would say my my first my, – my play that will definitely make the card is going to be Celtics first half minus five. Um, and I would probably also tell you that Celtics first half team total over 56 and a half – will will be on the card too um my other leans as of right now hornets pistons under 240 um and think about this too now that i'm even talking about it hornets pistons are two bad teams 240 points two good scoring teams with good offensive players jazz and hawks are 242 and it's looking like that game will go over i I think that gives me even a little, a little more confidence that 240 is probably too high for the Hornets and Pistons. But um, anyways, I like the Timberwolves first quarter minus one and a half. Um, and then 76ers Spurs under 234 and a half and Hawks Jazz first half under two, 124. That's probably the one I have the least confidence in and probably won't play it because, it, it, it like I said, it just feels too high. So it's more of a gut play than anything. I looked into it and the teams average about 120 um, combined, both points allowed and points scored. So I don't know if I'll, I'll end up there or not, but those are those are the plays, and I'll throw out – I'm sure I'll throw around uh, a lot of these in a fuck-around Friday parlay that I do every every Friday. So. And where can people find that F-around parlay, Friday parlay? Uh, so it is on Twitter. I post it. Uh, at future prez 2024 and um, you know it's never anything crazy it, it's like 10 15 bucks 20 bucks whatever i got laying around in the account that uh just isn't on a nice even number in there and i throw it on a parlay of pretty much every nba game um with every lean that i've had from any any game so that's it you just badass you gangster yeah, I mean, I'm killing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might be back tomorrow, guys, on a Saturday, special Saturday, because I am a junkie. There's no football to bet, and there's nine games Saturday, and up. depending on the injuries, a, a much better slate Saturday than Friday. Um, I'm assuming you have family stuff to do, so I'll let you. Um, I won't. I won't bother you again over the weekend, David, but. Where can people find your stuff? Yeah, so I write for Outkick uh, with Jeff and then uh, also at beatenthebookie.com. Uh, it's B-E-A-T-I-N, thebookie.com. Um, I do his NBA package. He has everything else 
there too if you guys are interested in that stuff so uh happy to be on this though and uh you know anytime you get you need something i'm happy to be here yeah well we'll connect next week if you're down yeah anytime all right homies peace out best of luck whether you fade or follow us maybe i'll see you saturday maybe i'll see him or talk to you guys saturday maybe i'll talk to you guys monday but Either way, shoot me some love on social media. Shoot David some love on social media. And perhaps a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be that'd be cool too. Peace.